I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome once again to another Match Day edition of the Leeds That Podcast. I'm Paul and today I'm joined by Andy. Hi, how are you? <laughs> I'm good, mate. You? Yeah, mate. Good. It's Friday night, night before the game. I'm excited. That's good. Well, tonight we're going to discuss our away fixture against Crystal Palace. Coming up, we'll discuss the head-to-head record, speculate on the lineup, chat about the referee, give some predictions for the game, and then after the game, we'll have a chat with our immediate thoughts and reactions. So. You're up for this one. It's only a few days since we chatted. Yeah, I was a bit downbeat after that last game, but I've, I've said a few times, I'm surprised that I'm surprised that we're good. And this one on paper looks like a tricky fixture because they are a counter-attacking side with a lot of potency up top, but I don't think they've got much at the back. Some people call them Crystal Phallus. <laughs> Is that some people yourself? Uh, just people with really comical fantasy football names. Ah, that makes sense. Head-to-head record against Crystal Palace. Uh, we've won 29, drawn 16 and lost 17. The last time out was a long time ago, really. The 9th of March 2013, a championship fixture that finished 2 all with a Steve Morrison double late oh. concession. Steve Morrison, Steve Morrison, Steve Morrison. They had a young Zaha playing for them who's been and gone since and come back again and everything. But our team is completely changed. We had a, a Norris Tong Green trio in the middle that day. Oh, you're spoiling us, Paul. What, what a lineup with Morrison up front. Wow. Wow. We also had Ross, Ross McScormack in the team who didn't score that day. I remember thinking, hey, oh, this Morrison's he's finally come good here. We're going to be absolute bloody bastard world beaters in this championship. We weren't. No, we were not. We were 10th at the time. They were third. What a a bang average midfield that is. I think every time we talk about Palace, I go back to the time that we just missed out on the playoffs in the 10-11 season. And it was the hottest day of the year. And even Snoddy looked at us and went, I ain't running. I'm not running. It's too hot. Or whatever he said in Scottish. Yes. You do Scottish better than me, do Scottish. I'm near running. Proof. There you are. Proof pudding. He did say that. We were sidelined. Everybody was on it. It was a good day that day. I, uh... <laughs> That's the only time I've been there. Have you been other times? Uh, yeah, I believe so. But that, that one always makes me laugh because we got accosted outside that said, do not drink outside the ground. And like the rebellious youth we were, we got a photo next to the sign saying, do not drink outside the ground. Then I got interviewed by some tragedy who uh, does what we do now, podcasts and talks about his <laughs> club. And he went, all right, geezer, can I talk to you? You're a Leeds fan. What's your name, son? And I went, my name's Ken Bates. And we had a whole <laughs> chat and him thinking I was called Ken Bates. Oh man, your comedy genius was was like it needed broadcasting it was t- 
to uh, such a narrow audience. I'm glad that we finally got like an extra person listening to this. I feel you like you're, I feel like you're taking the piss out of me now. You were wasted on the three of us, so now there's four of us listening. It's a bit more reasonable. How do you end it? You notice to leads that I feel like I'm getting bullied here. Well, team news. <laughs> we ain't uh, got none, have we? Have we got any? It's the night before. Okay, that's true. Fair point. The team potential team news is that Lorente and Phillips are still out. Uh, Marcelo Bielsa this week said that Rafinha, they will test closer to the time. Um, he, look, he looks dangerous, doesn't he? Oh, he does. And if it works like it did against Aston Villa, we will look like absolute world beaters. I mean, I've seen people saying, are we the best team in the world right now? I think Leicester City probably think they're the best team in the world right now after Monday night. And didn't they win 4-0 last night too? I didn't see the, the Europa League scores, but fair play to them. They've scored eight goals in two games. Do you know, would you what? be what? happy with that kind of setup? What do you mean? Winning games. No, I mean <laughs> being the best team in the country on the counter-attack. It's good to be the best at anything, isn't it? Because... Oh, is it, though? What if you're, like, the best murderer? That's not a great accolade, is it? How many have you had? Four. Uh, no, but this, this links into um, what I was reading on the Crystal Palace forum. He said, he said, it really is... I don't know what accent... He said what? It really is a sad state of affairs when we have to talk about a team in their eighth season in the top flight having to play a cautious, containing game at home to a newly promoted side. Surely it should be the other way round. Unfortunately, that is the situation we find ourselves in. They, they what themselves in? Find. Ah, right. Sorry, I thought it said find. Um, find. It's nice that people are scared of us, but, you know, We've got to be careful. We can't get too carried away. And I know I keep, like, I completely broke a record. Surprise, I'm surprised we're good. But if we play like we did the other night against Leicester, we'll get caught out again. And we'll get in trouble. Well, this is what we said after the game, that this is a, if we pick up enough points this season to stay up, the whole thing is just a decent learning experience when we're not allowed to be there to watch it in person. That's still the aim this season, isn't it? It's stay up and learn and grow and gain experience. It is, but a former Crystal Palace manager in uh, arguably the ugliest man in football in history, Ian Dowie, once coined the phrase bounce back ability. And this will be a test of our bounce back ability, won't it? We, we, when was last time we got pumped? Uh, West Brom away. Was that the season? Derby. Derby at home, probably. Derby, yeah. Did we not get pumped at all last season? Not that I can remember, but... The season's been that bloody long. It's November. We're playing games eight, seven, eight, eight of the Premier League season. Yeah, number eight. Well, it's interesting that you say that because Marcelo Bielsa this week said that he they asked about the response in training and he said what they do in training is irrelevant. <laughs> it's the response in the game that counts. So we'll, I'll be able to tell you then, which is a typical Bielsa thing, but it's true, isn't it? How many managers do you hear come out and say, They've responded so well in training and I expect them to come out and give a performance. It's madness. Like If you look at that team down the M62, who seemed to be an absolute car crash of a team at the minute, basically, they can't buy a win, can they? This isn't one of their podcasts, but it, I find it very strange because they beat Leipzig 5-0 last week. 
and the beat Paris the week before. I'd just um, give it. I'd just give him a lifetime contract. But the, the the best thing that I'm getting from this is we've got a manager that we can be proud of and a team we can be proud of without spending a fortune and not having the weight of the world on our shoulders. And do you know what tomorrow is, Paul? Uh, enlighten me. It's Marcelo's 100th league match in charge of Leeds United and he's already won more of his first 100 than any other manager in our club's history. Do you know why I know that? Is it anything to do with someone that you interviewed in the summer? Friend of the pod, Simon Grayson. Hey up, lad. You're not listening. Uh, and he's he basically said, what a nice stat to see. Do not mind being second to Marcelo. So Marcelo currently sits on 56 wins as manager with 99 games in charge, hopefully 57 tomorrow. Then you've got Simon Grayson. Who's after that, Paul? Go on. Uh, Don Revy? Nope. Howard Wilkinson? Nope. David O'Leary? Yes. Then who? Dick Ray. You're cheating. You're cheating. So it goes Bielsa 56 in 99, hopefully 57 in, in 100. Grayson 53, O'Leary 51, Dick Ray 50, Howard Wilkinson 48. Those are great stats. They're all great stats. But, you know, uh, what can we say about Marcel Bielsa that hasn't we've lived, We've lived in it. How blessed are we? We get, we get all carried away and caught up in stuff. But we are so lucky to have this because, let's be honest, sadly, it ain't going to go on forever. And it's going to be shite again at some point. Well, this is my point that I was going to circle back round to about when I said, would you like to be the best counter-attacking team in the world? Were you... In the world? Well, in the world, in the league. I don't know. But my point is, the way we play is attractive, even in defeat. When you say, when the papers say, I avoided a lot of the news. I don't like looking at stuff after... uh, we lose not because of sour grapes, more for protecting your mental health because there can be utter rubbish that's written. But I saw something say Leeds were thrashed. I thought we weren't thrashed. The scoreline was unfortunate. Yeah, into the in terms of the amount of goals, but in terms of the way we played, I still enjoyed watching us. I think three two would have been fair, wouldn't it? Yeah, if we'd have lost three two, you'd have gone. We gave it a good. We gave it a good go, and as and it was tight, and it didn't reflect the tight the amount of the game in that second half where it was really close. However, the point really is I still enjoyed watching it. If you support a team that sets up like uh, Crystal Palace, so Crystal Palace are famed for their, in recent years, for their organisation, their strength at the back and the fact that they do have decent forwards. So, I mean, their fans are saying they don't like it anymore. It's boring after a long amount of time. They don't want to be a team that finishes mid-table every year and hopes to snatch a goal on the break it's bizarre because up top they're very strong yeah so the Crystal Palace fans are at a point where they're kind of fed up of being mid-tabling and a laboured team a laboured team yeah workhorses Mm. but they've got flair so I just hope they're crap tomorrow I hope we beat them we've had years though at a lower level than this where we've had the odd flair player or a player who could do some bit of something, probably us with Hernandez before we, the tra- team was transferred. McCormack kept us up one year just from being a flair player. You, you listed the team that played Crystal Palace last time and flipping heck, man. If you want for Ross McCormack, you're looking at bottom of League One. Exactly. So it's um, just got to appreciate what we've got, I think, is what I'm getting around to. Enjoy playing well every week 
and try and enjoy the performance as much as we do in the in the result because there wasn't there were bits of that game that were hard to watch there were bits of the city game in that first 20 minutes that were really hard to watch but we were fortunate to still be in the game don't call them city there were bits of the manchester city game because to be fair there was a leicester city game so i could have been talking about either you you've done me i'm glad you pulled me up on that annoys me at work earlier somebody said to me went oh yeah watch that united video and she was referring to take us home series two and the fact she called us united made me feel so happy because everyone calls them bloody idiots on the other side the m62 united all the media call them that i call leeds united because we are united we are the united don't call them like we're peterborough united rotherham united ran over but we are united we are leeds united so thanks as always to Joe Bedford on Twitter who has provided the referee details. It's Lancashire referee Chris Kavanagh. Who love you. Charge. You love Chris Kavanagh or Joe? Joe. El Loco Joe. Um, the last time he refereed was a 1-1 draw away to Millwall in September 18 and the only red he's ever shown to a Leeds player was for Alex Mowat in the 94th minute of a 2-1 away win at Birmingham in 2016. So what's your prediction for the game against Crystal Palace tomorrow? I think we'll fight back from our defeat the other day. I think we'll look solid. I'd like to say a win, but I think a draw. I think because they're, as we've said, quite rigid uh, in their crystal phallus. I think we'll draw and I think we won all. That's exactly what I was thinking, Andy. I'm hoping I'm hoping for a 2 0 but I'm thinking one all. I was thinking one all and looking a little bit tighter and being pleased with our resoluteness. It was what I was thinking. I can't say any more than that, unfortunately. Well, what's your word then? Hope. My word is hope, because I hope that we put in a, another solid performance, but manage to come away with something from an, another away fixture. We've been doing all right away. Yeah, we have, haven't we, actually? We've... We- We've not been bad at home, but can you really count home and away at the minute? Well, I don't know. It's it's what... You, yes and no. But, yeah, I, I just hope it's going to be a good game. And... Uh, How's that fence you're sitting on? Splinters. Splinters, mate. What's your word? My word's cock. Really? Yeah. Because I think Robin Cock is going to have an unbelievable performance... I think he's due one. I don't think he was bad against Leicester, but I think he'll be playing on his brain. That that mistake, that error he made in the first bit. And you can only... I'll, I'll, I'll kind of keep it cleanish for the sake of this, but as a saying, you can only do it with the cock that you've got. <laughs> luckily, luckily, our cock is Robin and he's strong, firm and German. Oh... Dear. and we need to be tough and hard at the back and I think we will be right that's perfect well let's hope that we get more than what we're saying we will discuss it all after this hey it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels so whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the Priceline app today your savings are waiting go to your happy place for a happy price 
I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Right, well, we're back, and uh, sadly, it's a repeat of the same scoreline as Monday night. Uh, we've gone to Selhurst Park, and it was Crystal Palace 4, Leeds United 1. Where do we start? Well, we didn't play uh, Palace on Monday night, did we? True. The, the only blessing I can take from this is we've finally, finally been joined by some talent. James, how did you find that game? Hello. Um, oh, it was so frustrating, wasn't it? I mean, without that stupid VAR decision, it was just frustrating anyway. And well, let, Let's take it back and go through in order. We've, I thought we closed out the first few minutes, thought, oh, this is good, we're not already losing. But we did concede Hang on, before, before we bitch on all that stuff, it's so hard not to do a post-match without sounding like an absolute bitch in it. And say, oh, we should have done all right. We should have done all right. And yet we we can go over it and say, oh, well, Bamford's goal should have been, and it should have been this. We should have had a penalty. It should have been that. But the harsh, cold light of day shows we lost 4-1 to a bang average Palace side. I think that's where we get to in a conclusion, Andy. I think we have to discuss the points and then you f- feel free to come back to that. But how, do, how, do, how do you go through this without sounding like a complete sour grapes knobhead? You don't. Try do it. You? Try it. The, I, well, I was going to start with, uh, don't think the defending was good enough in the for the first goal. Or do you think it's a freak again? It's come off his head and it's a double deflection. I just thought it was a good finish. I thought it came off Cox's head and... I mean, one of them should have got it. He had two men marking him, but corner, it was a corner, wasn't it? Corners always have been a bit of a frailty for us and it is something we need to vastly improve on. I th- I, I'm very much inclined to agree. Um, I don't on know when they thought do it think, was going. Do you not think it's a good finish? Well, it wasn't a good finish. He's headed it off Cox's head. It's not, it's, he hasn't just bullet-headed it into the top corner. What really pissed me off at last time was that it said... Four shots on target for Palace. I'm thinking, well, two have gone in off the bar. That's a shot off target. Well, of all the things to be upset about, that's certainly one. But coming up was the one that, again, I know James feels very strongly about this. So it's the right decision, the uh, VAR goal. What? It's the right. It's the right decision in terms of the. it's followed the laws of the game and the, the law is correct, but... Anyone will tell you, anyone who's watched that match, that it is absolutely shocking that that is not a goal. I mean, the fact that you're pointing to where the ball is, that you, to sh- how can that be offside? You know, you, you've still got you, your legs, which will move you into that position to take the goal, are a yard onside. So therefore, it's it's irrelevant. If you're using your arms to give you some trajectory to jump, to give you an upward movement towards a great header then yeah maybe his hand has gone football there I'll bang it in 
Yeah, but sadly what we're arguing about is the fact that this shouldn't be a rule, not that it was the wrong decision. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it it's it's frustrating. It's, it's so frustrating because the law is just crap, basically, isn't it? It just it, it is so bad. I mean, everyone watching it, even the referees giving that decision, have got to think, oh god, it's it's the laws of the game. We're gonna to have to give it, but surely this is a goal. And this is what's complete, absolute horseshit. Because if you look back on it, right? <laughs> when did this become a really sweary podcast? You just when, swear. <laughs> when we're getting dominated for stupid decisions, the the cock handball against Liverpool, they changed the rule after that got given. How can they now? They might look at this and go, "Oh yeah, well we'll change the rule." That's now potentially two points dropped that could cost us our place in the Premier League. It's nonsense. It's stupid. It's frustrating. It's so annoying. So we, we beat Villa 3-0 two games ago. We were on cloud 99. We've had two 4-1 defeats and now you're talking about it costing us our place in the Premier League. Yeah. Is that... Uh, you, you feel seriously now that we're, we've gone from we're steady away, we're building up points, we're now relegation contenders. I won't go that far, but I think things conspire against you when you look at things like this. If you look at the third goal just before our time, that is the most leads that moment of all time. Is it not? I think there's some pretty ripe ones, but that was, as they've said on commentary, how does that go in? And then how do they have the audacity to try and fault Melier for it? Well, they didn't. They said his positioning oh, was... They, they did on mine. I had it on... Uh, I had it on some very reliable stream. There's nobody could be anticipating that, like, even if from Costa's position, he wouldn't be trying to pass it back to Melier. And even from there, normal deflection would go out for a corner. And it squirmed and curved back in <laughs> inside the post. So it's turned what was a pretty solid foot. And what we've missed in that is Bamford's goal. He's, he's taken that wonderfully, hasn't he? I'm 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 pleased Bamford scored both those goals, both those legitimate. Well, not one of them wasn't legitimate. Both the goals because he was on cloud nine after Villa, obviously, because he scored a hat trick, and everyone was saying, "Oh, he, you know, he's England fodder." And then media a week later misses a couple of chances against um, Leicester, and you know everyone's on his back again, like he he's not good enough for the Premier League. So sod all that like 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 Calvin says you know the best thing with Bamford that he's had from Bielsa is consistency and consistency pays off with him you know today he was brilliant he was he was like one of our best players on the field and you, you could not have asked for more from him yeah he deserves it great goal it's his goal as well that was legitimate was was fantastic great finish great knock on by click as well he got flicked by Palace didn't he in the Premier League said you're not good enough and he's come back and he scored two great goals against him where a year ago, that goal would have counted. Or two years ago, that goal would have counted, wouldn't it? Oh, under most circumstances, that goal counts. But whether that's a rule that they will look, whether they can revise that now, how many of them do you have to have? I've seen it for many other teams this season. Didn't expect it there because I thought I thought you'd draw the line with his feet. But ultimately, it's not counted. I don't think it let us get our heads dropped, though. I don't think it really affected the flow of the game. I think ultimately... Um, We've conceded a free kick in a silly position that's given invited them to score. They've scored from two set pieces and 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 a, a free cone goal in that first half. So you find yourself three one down. I think ultimately the four one scoreline comes from how much we're pushing, and that's going to happen. We're not going to lose 
sneaky goals. We're not going to lose narrow margins in those kind of games. They're going to open up, aren't they? Yeah, it's it's fine margins that have actually ended up opening us up. What I find funny is that Bielsa's style of football that is so aggressive, aggressive in attack, aggressive in defence, has forced an 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 England an ex England manager into playing a four four two and hoofing the ball up the field to gain a victory against us. And I mean, what does that tell you? Well, it's. And like you said about the fine margins, we've had moments, we've rolled the ball across the face of the goal. How know. often could we call fine margins though? We called, that, we, we called that Monday night. Yeah, but it no. is fine margins. The, the, the result is 4-1, but the, the that end result is caused by fine margins in the game. You know, we have a goal disallowed and then they go up and, and score a goal. It, so how, every how, one of how, how long could we live off that? You know what I mean? It's not living, well, it's just stating what it, the way it is. We've lived off it in our, all the points we've gained as well, to be fair. Every game so far has been fine margins. We, we fine margins, Liverpool game, Sheffield United last minute winner, the Villa game, like they had the chances. They had more chances than Crystal Palace have had and have, and have blanked. Classic, so, classic example in that Villa game, Luke Aylin stopped the ball on the line, Didn't doesn't stop the ball, they're 1-0 up, the game's potentially so different and that's a fine margin and it's I think fine, this is a fine margin win but now we can call these fine margins but I'm pretty sure we're now the team we've conceded most goals in the Premier League this season we have but the, the I think the point on the fine margins is we haven't come out this season dominated a team entirely won 3 nil, without conceding chances in the way that we may have done last year and equally we haven't come out and been beat 4-1 in these two games and been completely dominated by it. it like when people that's why when people said thrashed by Leicester and you could say the same today you watch the balance of that game well we've, it's, we've it's on a knife wouldn't. edge yeah so that's all we mean by it it's not we're not going to go down and go oh it's fine margins that's made us go down but there have been we've been involved in a lot of tight games and it's whether or not Marcelo Bielsa spends these two weeks what does he go and do to change it because we started off leaking goals early. We've leaked goals in these last couple of games. Is it just Calvin's not sat in front of that defence? Yeah, and Rodrigo as well. You know, what an impact he's made to the team. They are such good players that they could be the difference in terms of fine margins. They could be the, the thing that pushes us on and, and that game's maybe a 4-1 to lead. You, you just, you, I mean, it's, it's pointless to speculate. You send yourself crazy in, in that manner. But it's clear that we are missing those two. And you think in the championship you could swap someone in for Phillips's position and we do all right. In the Premier League, you swap someone else in, all of a sudden we look really unbalanced at times. Yeah, and squad depth does look pretty shandy. And that's no disrespect to the job the boys got to get us up, but it's a different level, isn't it? Palace are missing players. They're, they've got three or four of their key boys out and have still gone and beaten us 4-1. Before this game and before the Leicester game previous, everyone's going that Leeds are probably the most dangerous team in the league. And now, suddenly, eight goals conceded in two games. We're looking like a very vulnerable side, aren't we? I still think we are one of the most dangerous teams and teams set up to play against that dangerous side. Like I say, Roy Hodgson played 4-4-2 and booted the ball at the field today. But he's done that before, though. It's not the first time he's done that this season. Oh, I'm, not saying it. I'm, not, I'm not saying it is, but it's the fact that They've got to just play. They're playing football that is com the antithesis of how we play football. And 
they they're setting up to win and it's or they're setting up to stop us from scoring and the reaction of that is that they have lightning fast players who are very good Zaha Townsend Townsend was good um easy who has done a num- was very good against us for QPR and his free kick today was very good as well don't know I, I don't know I, I'm kind of lost for words with it really his free kick was vile he got given one place to put that and he banged it in off the bar it, yeah it, fair play these two weeks are really important because it's a chance for for reflection a chance to take stock I don't know if you would have taken 10 points at this stage. I know obviously two games ago you wouldn't have done, but at the start of the season maybe you wouldn't. Equally, when you talk about the relegation battle we found ourselves in, Andy. Um, hey, back off you. Look how many points ahead of those other teams we still are. We're six points ahead of Fulham still, and there's a bottom three there that look a little bit cut up, drip. I mean, there's so many games to play, but it's early and we've learned a lot and we've played all kinds of teams in all kinds of situations. And these two weeks now, whereas the last international break felt like we really didn't need it and we don't need it in terms of the players and the injuries in terms of taking stock of where we're at and what's coming next. I think this is a good time to have a couple of weeks off. No, I fully agree. Uh, get, get some fitness back, get some morale back. These last two games have been an absolute, Reality check, I think. If you look back over it, if, over the course for 38 game season, then maybe it's a great chance for a reality check. But Christ, it feels rubbish, doesn't it? Well, I, I'll tell you what I felt. Um, um, maybe that's jumping ahead a bit. But what did, what did what did you feel, Paul? I felt really proud. I felt when when you get to eight to two minutes and you watch and you're losing four one, and they're still doing all the things that they've been trying the whole game. There's no giving up. There's no head dropping. They're still persisting with, with the plan. You can see there's little elements of frustration, but they're still going. They, they haven't disgraced themselves in performance. It's a tactical tweak that's going to be needed with different personnel that come back in to think Bielsa's shown, put his blueprint down and we've gone and played a certain way. The last couple of games, I don't want to use the phrase have been found out, but teams and including the Wolves game, teams have come and played with it in a certain way. Now it's his chance to respond. So I'm proud of the team for keeping going. I'm excited to see how we respond from here. Who's your man of the match? Not you. That was a really poor analysis. <laughs> do, you think, do you think? Yeah. Well, what do you disagree with? Like, would you, if, if your dog keeping going, would you not just put them down? I think what? you've been contrary for the sake of it, to be honest with you. What? So you want leads to be put down? No, I don't. I just think if you... If you, if you could look at the, the problems we've had, and I know I've said it, you look at squad depth, blah, blah, blah. The problem we've had is we've got nothing in depth. We've got absolutely no depth. When we're trying to change a game, we've got no Pablo to come on. Rafinha's coming at half-time for Costa, who I feel has been mugged off a bit unfairly. You'd have brought him on later. You've got no Shaq to bring on. I, I don't think we're as bad as the results say. But I also, on the flip side, don't think <laughs> that we can keep making excuses. It's really tricky, isn't it? It's real tricky. It's two games. That's what you got to come. That's it's what you two, have. It's two games. It's eight goals, isn't it? Yeah, but we haven't lost two games in a row since February this year. So we're talking nine months. I know that was championship, but I think it's easy to, like always, as a Leeds fan, it's easy to sort of 
collapse as a fan base and and think, oh god, the world's ended, we're going down, etc. But it's so early in the season, you know, we are playing at a higher level with the vast majority of the squad the same. So there's going to be there's going to be a learning curve and there's going to be a steep step up to this, and we're going to have weeks like this, and we've just got to accept it. I think. And that's the way it is. And I think in a season's time, hopefully we'll still be here, but it'll be completely different. I was absolutely devastated on Monday and tried to hide it as best as I could. And probably anyone who listened may say, yeah, you didn't hide it very well. And I don't feel as bad today. I just don't feel as bad as I did on Monday. And I think it's because, I hope it's not because I'm getting used to it, but it's because there were th- things that happened in that game that you could see. And I, I'm just choosing to take the optimistic Let's. I really can't wait to see how Bielsa responds. And, I, and when you talk about injuries and squad depth, hopefully in two weeks' time, we're going to have more to go at it with. So that's just where we're at. We're going to go, go up against Arsenal, aren't we? And it'll be exciting to see where we're at. But then you say, what's the point in going up against Arsenal, losing 1-0, 2-1, and still having zero points to show for it? Yes, yeah, so that's why he won't tweak it. To we, we can't defend in that way. We can only play like this. So you might as well Look, enjoy I, I, it. I'm not saying that we're playing dog. I'm just saying somehow we need to work on the one percenters. It's the one percenters that we're missing out on. The fine margins. <laughs> but I don't want to say that because if you're like, oh. but you, uh, yeah, James, I fully agree. Yeah, fully, fully, fully. You've you've had my pants there. Big fully time. Agree. Go on, Andy. Who's your man of the match? Then you got to pick one. Oh, I can't pick it because the person I'm picking you'll slate me for. Go on, Robin Cock. I don't think our defence had a, has, a, has had a bad game and we've pressed and we've pressed and we've pressed and we've done well. And you can say that maybe he could have stopped the first goal and maybe we could have jumped higher for the second one and he could have defended better. But I think at half-time, well, just before their third, which was a really fluky own goal again for the record, we've pressed well, we've done well and it... it I don't want to sound like a bitch and I'm going against what I've been saying, but it is fine margins. It just, it just, it, it just is, isn't it? And I just don't want to keep reflecting on that because we should be yeah. winning them fine margins. You know what I mean? But it is. If we'd got that and got in at 2-1, which should have been 2-all, suddenly we get a point or we win the game. Exactly. Exactly what we're saying. I'm glad you've come round to our thinking, Andy. You're a lovely man. I'm saying is we can't keep... No, no, it can't. You keep dwelling on that. You, you're a loser. Well, we, no. The team lose. The game, the game of football is full of fine margins and Leeds United need to win those fine margins to come out as 4-1 winners on the day rather than 4-1 losers. And that's that's what, what we're talking about and that's what Paul's talking about. Bielsa's got to respond. Twice he, on spin though, you can't keep just yeah. taking it, can you? No, 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 not at all. As a fan, you, you cannot accept it. And as a, as players, they won't accept it. As a manager, he won't accept it. And he will be drilling it into them all about winning those personal battles and all those fine little details. But I do dis- I disagree. I don't think I don't think Cock was man of the match at all. I think you know he gave away that free kick on the edge of the box in the easy scored as well. I think what that, that Cooper. I don't know. I'm going to say it's uh, I was going to say it's Cock for the sake of my, this argument. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you pro- you probably you're probably right. I've, I've, I've got most things wrong today. It was Cock. It was. Yeah. Cock. It was Cock. Cock gave that away and. 
I thought I think he's really good. Like he's a really good player, but there's been quite a few games where he's cost us a goal um, or goals this season, and he'll come good though because you can tell how he's he's a class player. He's he, he's he's very young and he's playing at the the top level. For me, I think Mateus Click was man of the match, and he was just absolutely everywhere. Um, he created a lot for he helped create a lot for Bamford. He worked back. He won the ball deep in the pitch, uh, deep in our half, and then seconds later, he's he's up the top supporting attack. He's yeah, very good, and you could tell he was tired and frustrated at the end. But yeah, I think he was. If you could pluck anyone out of that from us, it was Mateus Click. And just to balance that up, I'm going to go with Bamford because I would have, I would have. I think Click's overall play, but I do think by the end of it, he was lucky to stay on the field. We got the sympathy vote off the ref, which was unbelievable because um, we weren't getting that one. We could have easily had a penalty and like, VAR's looked at it. Now they've decided it's a foul, but it's outside the box. So play on. <laughs> that was absolute bollocks, by the way, wasn't it? <laughs> so uh, Bamford, because I think he's proved a lot of people wrong still. He's had two classy finishes today. He's looked composed. He believes in himself for all those reasons that we've said. And it's great to know that we've got that option because unfortunately, I don't see if Rodrigo comes back into the team, I don't see him replacing Bamford, which is a good thing because I want, because Bamford's, proving himself worthy up top but we're missing Rodrigo in in that other position at the moment and we're missing Rodrigo and a Pablo today so essentially we had I don't know Dallas or Costa interchanging followed by a Tyler Roberts which is none of their faults but it's just not the same weirdly I stumbled on uh, one of our old podcasts the other day against West Brom from last season I don't know why it just came on and played and um and I thought I'll listen to it and Andy you were talking about Bamford in that game and we all gave him man of the match and he didn't score. We won one nil, and it was. We said it's one of the rare times that you give a striker man of the match and they don't score. But he was class, and he's he's been the same ever since that game. Just gives it everything every game, and now he's 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 scoring a lot as well. And like you say, Paul, I'm so pleased for him, and I just hope that everything else falls into place and Rodrigo comes back in and and we start firing on on all cylinders because we'll be lethal. And that's my problem. My problem is we're missing that number 10. Um, when Rafina comes on at half-time, uh, uh, I says to me, Mam, who's, <laughs> God bless her, come to be part of the bubble to help me out. This kid could be the next Ronaldinho. And look at him, watch him spray, watch him do this, watch him do that. But when he's out of the wing, he can't do out, can he? Bielsa's press conference this week was about the fact that he does see him as a winger and doesn't want to have to play him inside. Yeah, so Pablo's not there. Click's not there. Rodrigo's not there. Everyone's filling in for the people. It goes back to the old fine margins, but this goes to the bloody small squad thing, doesn't it? Well, I think we need these fine margins to start going our way. Um, so what's did, your final... They did, they, did, they did do for the first few games, didn't they? Exactly. So, other than Liverpool game. But what's your final word, Andy? Bothered. And James? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Andy, why are you bothered? I'm just bothered because I shouldn't be annoyed because where are we now? Are we still 12th? No, we've, we've very annoyingly lost our goal difference, which meant we went behind Man United in the league. <laughs> We're 13th then, do you know what I mean? It, it, you, you're right, Paul, you get this at the start of the season, you, you're pretty happy, we're looking all right, but it's just so annoying and I'm annoyed that I'm bothered I think with 
a bit of luck, we'd be seventh. And it's stupid. And it's nice to dream and it's Leeds. And I love it. But we expect things as Leeds United fans, don't we? We expect well. And it's nice to finally be able to expect them after 16 years of bollocks. So I'm bothered. I'm bothered tonight. How are you two? Well, my word is break because I don't think we caught a break today with, with that offside decision and with that own goal. They were freak events and uh, it's the international break and I think we need it so that the manager can reflect and uh, we all love him. We trust him so much and it's really exciting to see what he comes up with next. For me, it's luck. I think we need a bit more luck and things to fall in place for us. And we've got the good luck and fortune of the international break because we have got, you know, Rodrigo in isolation and Phillips who's injured and you'd hope that he'd be um, a long way back to his recovery, you know, by the time the Premier League comes back in. So maybe it's, maybe this, well, this break is definitely not a a bad thing and let's see, a couple of weeks, things will be different. Brilliant. Right. Well, cheers for that guys. Catch you after the international break. Podcast Network.